Hello, friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your practice. I hope this finds you in good health and secure, as always. So what? <laughs> I mean, Shakyamuni, as Buddha, has he finally broken through? With the last chapter we just finished of the lifespan of the Tathagata, the Thus Come One, has he finally reached understanding with this fallacy of language, this, this bondage of samsaric experience, language? You know, language isn't made to talk about enlightenment. <laughs> language is part and parcel of samsara. So, as Shakyamuni said, you're only going to understand enlightenment once you reach enlightenment. Uh, it's hard to discuss. We just don't have the... The words are attached, right? Just as we are. They're, they're discriminations of discriminations. <laughs> so, how can you talk about letting go of your discrimination so that you can actually understand the process of life, what language do we have for it? You know, well, we have chemistry, we have biology, we have physics, and, you know, all of those fields are, yeah, they're getting closer and closer to, and but that's why we're having a problem, right? Once you get to quantum and you start to understand fluctuations of energy, Right? Words scale. How do we define with words what's happening there? We see it, we know it, but how do we talk about it? This is where science is right now. All the sciences, really. Even the consciousnesses. Look at Roger Penrose. He's working with uh, a doctor. Uh, he has several degrees of. Uh, the brain on trying to identify where this thing we call consciousness is <laughs> in microtubules and the quantum fluctuations. Well, he may be identifying where the physical world breaks down in language into an emergent property, which we call the mind, right? But I digress. Has Shakyamuni broken that samsaric ceiling, if you will? <laughs> and so what? What now? What if we get it? Discrimination of Merits, Chapter 17. At that time, after the great assembly had heard the Buddha speak of the great, at, of the great length of his lifespan... Words, right? Incalculable, limitless, asamkayas of living beings gained a great advantage. An insight, an aha moment. Oh, everything is happening moment to moment. We don't own anything. We, aren't, we are not it. We are being, we are momentum. Wow, how do I, I can't even, where are the words for that? 
There is only, I get, I see it. I think I, I'm experiencing it right now, right now, right now. Uh, how do I hold on to that in my samsaric brain, mind? Hmm? At that time, the world-honored one declared to the Bodhisattva Mahasattva Maitreya, his interlocutor at this point, O Ajita, when I preached on the great length of the lifespan of the thus come one, he's not talking about Shakyamuni, he's talking about Buddha-ness, hmm? living beings to the number of sands in 680 myriads of millions of Nayutas of Ganges rivers gained acceptance of the doctrine of the unborn dharmas. Why the unborn dharmas? Because our whole conception of the idea of birth, born, it's a very physical thing, right? Whether you think of the womb or the ejection through the vaginal orifice into uh, air and uh, being as a thing instead of being as a constant moment-to-moment -moment process, that, you know, born birth is a very physical drama for us, very samsaric. Hmm? And so what he's saying is all experiences, including birth, are our, uh, what would you say, our anchor point, not real, not real in our conception. Of course it's real. This is, this is where language breaks down. Yes, we are born of a womb, a woman. We come into being this human being, but all of it is an apparatus, an apparatus for our minds to conceive and when we conceive in our minds, what do we do with that conception? Do we follow it? Do we engage with it? Do we participate in it? Or do we simply conjure some permanence to it, some ownership to it, some maintaining of it? That's the samsara. Not the things. Things aren't samsara. It's our conception of the things and how we adhere to them with permanence, when in fact everything is momentum, everything is moving. It's a quite a paradigm shift, but samsara slash Buddha is that paradigm shift. It's just another way, a correct way of perceiving life. A correct way in that Buddha allows us to participate fully in life without regrets, without fear, without accrual, loss, all of the things that cause us so much stress and anxiety. And isn't that what Buddhism was first about? Always has been. Because samsara is how we create suffering for ourselves and others. And that's the whole game. Get rid of that suffering. Get rid of that idea that everything is owned, possessed, traded, more, less, blah, blah, blah. The warehouse, right? Again, a thousand times this number of bodhisattva mahasattvas heard, truly heard, 
and were enabled to take hold of the gateway of the Daranis. The gateway of the Daranis. Let's talk about the gateway of the Daranis. What does that mean? For Nitrin, for us, obviously, it's the Gohonzon. Right? Nagarjuna used the uh, word gates when he talked about transitional phases of understanding, the mind, hmm? the gates, the access to. So these gateways, the, ga the gateway is the Gohonzon, the mental shift. Uh, the Dharanis is the vocalizations the use of, use of words not as making sentences, but the use of words as suggesting a wider experience, hmm? an incantation, an invocation. Hmm, let's see, can we think of one? Oh, yeah. Namo myoho rengekyo, invoking the law, the a priori law of Buddha itself not to call it forth from the universe, but to join in it with our innate, inherent capacity built into every molecule, atom, energetic fluctuation of self as a self that now is connected with the universal self. Altogether, expressing, experiencing all at once, moment to moment to moment to moment. So, I mean, Nitrin <laughs> had to be exploding when he read this stuff, right? Because he was, he was getting it. Once again, And really, truly listen to these words. I know they're translations, but even if they're slightly wide of the mark, translation to translation, as we've read several on this channel, yeah? A thousand, again, a thousand times this number of bodhisattva mahasattvas, practitioners like you and I, heard and were enabled to take hold of the gateway of the Dharanis. Again, bodhisattva mahasattva is equal to the number of atoms in one world sphere gained joy in preaching and unimpeded eloquence. Because once it makes sense, you can talk about it all day long. As frustrating as it is, it it's becomes like you're just a, an open tap, <laughs> right? Again, Bodhisattva Mahasattva is equal in number to the atoms in one world sphere gained the Dharani that can be turned to a hundred thousand myriads of millions of incalculable uses. <sighs> Skillful means, expedient devices, chanting, the Daimoku. Gained the Dharani that can be turned to a hundred thousand myriads of millions of incalculable uses. Namo myo rengekyo, the dharani. Again, Bodhisattva Mahasattva is equal in number to the atoms in a thousand millionfold world, 
were enabled to turn unreceding the wheel of the Dharma. The Dharma. Buddha-ness. Again, Bodhisattva Mahasattva equal in number to the atoms of 2,000 middle lands were enabled to turn the pure wheel of the Dharma. Namo myodengekyo. Again, Bodhisattva Mahasattva equal in number to the atoms of a minor thousand of lands were destined after eight rebirths to gain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. What's a rebirth? Is it a new lifetime? No. We're rebirthed moment to moment to moment to moment to moment. So for some, might take a little longer to actually open our minds to the experience of perfect and complete enlightenment. Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Again, Bodhisattva is equal to four times the number of atoms under four heavens were destined after four rebirths to gain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Everybody to their capacity. That's what he's saying. Again, Bodhisattva Mahasattva is equal in number to three times the number of atoms under four heavens were destined after three rebirths to gain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Again, Bodhisattva is equal to number of twice the atoms under four heavens were destined after two rebirths to gain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Again, Bodhisattva is equal in number to the atoms under four heavens were destined after one rebirth in a moment to gain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Yes, I think we're starting to get the picture. <laughs> Again, living beings equal in number to the atoms in eight world spheres opened up their thoughts to Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Opened up their thoughts to Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. The aspiration for perfect and complete enlightenment. Would that be you and I? When the Buddha said that these Bodhisattva Mahasattvas had gained a great Dharma advantage, because once you know the goal, it becomes much easier to aim toward it, yeah? In open space, there was a rain of mandarava and mahamandarava flowers scattered over the Buddhas, seated on lion thrones at the foot of incalculable hundred thousands of myriads of millions of jeweled trees scattered at the same time on Shakyamuni Buddha and on the thus come one many jewels, long passed into extinction, <laughs> both seated on the lion throne within the stupa of the seven jewels. Oh, man. There's that mandala again. Scattered also on all the bodhisattvas and the fourfold assembly, everybody. There was also a rain of finely powdered kandana and of Incense that sinks in water. In open space, the divine drums sounded of themselves, their sound being fine, deep, and far-reaching. That rhythm, right? Namu myoho renge kyo, namu myoho renge kyo. There also rained down a thousand varieties of divine garments hung with laces of jewels, laces of pearls, laces of ma... 
<clears throat> money, um, jewels, laces of wish-granting jewels, filling the nine directions, a great number of jeweled censers, censers, I'm not sure what that is, were burning priceless incense whose scent of itself reached everywhere as an offering to the great assembly above each Buddha were bodhisattvas holding banners and parasols reaching in ascending order up to the Brahma gods. With fine sounds, these bodhisattvas sang incalculable hymns of praise, lauding the Buddhas. At that time, the bodhisattva Maitreya, rising from his seat, bared his right shoulder and facing the Buddha with palms joined and folded, proclaimed Gathas, saying, Did Manjushri get it? The Buddha preaches a rare dharma, one that we have never heard before or capable of hearing, that the world-honored one has great power and that his lifespan cannot be measured. The world-honored one, not Shakyamuni, Buddha. Countless sons of the Buddha, hearing the world-honored one with discrimination, preach of those who shall gain profit from the Dharma, rejoice in a joy that fills the entire body. Some dwell on the ground from which there is no turning back. Some have gained dharanis. Some gaining unimpeded joy in preaching, telling others about it. Master the all-protective charm that can be turned to myriads of millions of uses, the skillful means, or as many as there uh, are the thousand million followed worlds, atoms, so many are the bodhisattvas, every one of whom can now turn the unreceding Dharma wheel. This is that shift in bodhisattva that I've talked about. The bodhisattvas of the three vehicles versus the bodhisattvas of the lotus. So listen again. So many are the bodhisattvas, every one of whom can turn the pure Dharma real, because they just now got it. Again, as many as there uh, are the thousandfold worlds, Adam, so many are the bodhisattvas who in eight rebirths more shall come contrive to achieve the Buddha path. Or as many as four, three, two, and the like times the worlds under heaven, there are atoms so many are the bodhisattvas who after a respective number of rebirths shall achieve Buddhahood. Or as many as in one world under the four heavens are atoms, so many are the bodhisattvas who after one rebirth more shall achieve omniscience. Now, don't just skim over this and think, okay, these are big numbers. It is quite significant, the words used here. As many as there are atoms, so many are the bodhisattvas. It's not mere numbers. It's the transition from energy into form. Don't miss that point. 
This is why atoms are being used at that time. Think of that, 3,000 years ago almost. The conception of atoms, the smallest possible particle. He's talking about energy formations form. That's the language we can use today because of science, but because it's in our vernacular to understand. This is why I'm so focused in this resource, the resources that I have created, the website, this channel, the podcast, the books, so on and so forth. All about making this relevant to our capacities today in modern era. A hundred years from now, one of you, one of your descendants, yes, will be able to go beyond what I'm trying to do here with new language, new words of description that will get even closer. At some point, one would think we'd just simply chant to one another because that would be so in the vernacular that all of this other falderall wouldn't be necessary. Maybe in 10,000 years or 9,000 or 8,000. <laughs> being such as these, beings such as these, right, this process, hearing of the great length of the Buddha's lifespan, shall gain incalculable outflow free, pure fruits and retributions. Retributions, repercussions, better word, right? Retributions, religion has seized on that word and given it too much charisma. Uh, repercussions, in other words, this moment by moment, karmic flow is constantly influenced. Need I remind you, 3,000 realms in a single thought moment, there's constant influence. These realms, do we see them? as they are simply realms, or are we influenced towards specific areas? So that's, the, that's the beginning of samsara, those influences. In order for an influence to work, we have to be influenceable. It sounds like some kind of uh, yearly virus infection. <laughs> Influenza, I guess, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, that's a thought. Okay, <laughs> back to this. Again, as many as our eight world spheres, atoms, so many are the living beings who, hearing the Buddha preach of the or teach of the lifespan, produced unexcelled thoughts. The world honored one preaches incalculable dharmas beyond reckoning and discussion. There it is, language, problem. From which many derive benefits as limitless as open space. As the cosmos. There rain down heavenly mandaravas and maha mandaravas and chakras and brahmas like Ganges' sands in their numberlessness come from Buddha land. All enlightenment, all capacities, all influences, all possible realms come from Buddha. Not a man Buddha, 
the nature we all share, all phenomena shares, this transition from quiescent energy into form. The form realm is endless in instantiations because potential knows no limits. The potential of energy formations, Buddha, is limitless. Kandana and incense that sinks in water rain down in a jumble, fa uh, falling in confusion like birds flying down from the sky, scattered as offerings over the Buddhas. In the midst of open space, divine drums of themselves produce subtle sounds, while divine garments in the thousands of myriads come whirling down fine censers made of a variety of gems and burning priceless incense of themselves move about everywhere making offerings to the world honored ones obviously this is an experience of enlightenment everything becomes amazing gorgeous life-giving life-affirming scents smells visuals everything's amazing the great Bodhisattva multitude grasps banners and parasols of the seven jewels, lofty and fine and of myriad millions of kinds, which by degrees reach to the Brahma gods, and before every Buddha are jeweled banners from which hang the pendants of victory. Also in a thousand myriads of gathas, the praise of the dust-come ones are sung. All of these many things are such as have never been before. Hearing that the Buddha's lifespan is incalculable, all are delighted, because that means everybody's equal. Equal in their capacity for enlightenment, their experience of enlightenment. Hmm? The Buddha's name, brooded in ten directions, broadly benefits the being, beings, and all are fully endowed with wholesome roots, which serve to further the unexcelled thought of perfect, enlightened intuition. Intuition. Not things. Intuition. Mentations. Experience of a sentient mind. That is Buddhaness. At that time, the Buddha declared to the Bodhisattva Mahasattva Maitreya, O Ajita! Whatever living beings, hearing that the Buddha's lifespan is as long as this, can produce as much as a single moment of resolve and understanding, shall gain merit that shall have no limit, no measure. If you could just for a moment experience this, as we do when we fuse with Nietzsche Mandala, just experience it for a moment, or you'll know it's there and you'll keep pursuing it with the resolve, the confidence, the knowing of that experience. A good man or good woman, for Anuttara Samyak Sambodai's sake, throughout 80 myriads of millions of Nayutas of Kalpas may practice the five paramitas to wit, the Dana Paramita, the Sila Paramita, the Ksati 
paramita, the virya paramita, the uh, dhyana paramita, all except prajna paramita. But if one compares his or her merit with the former, it does not come to the hundredth part, not to the thousandth, not to the hundred thousandth myriad millionth, nor for that matter can it be known by resort to count or even to parable that a good man or good woman having this sort of merit should recede from Anuttara Samyak Sambodai is simply not possible. Once you've gone on this path that far, you have to you have to know your resolve will be steadfast. At that time, the world honored one wishing to restate this meaning proclaimed Gautha's saying, where are we time-wise? If a man should seek Buddha knowledge, man or woman, throughout 80 myriads of millions of Nayutas, yea, of Kalpas in that number, practicing the five paramitas throughout all those Kalpas, making gifts and presenting offerings to Buddhas and to condition-perceiving disciples, as well as to multitude of bodhisattvas, gifts and offerings of rare and unusual food and drink, of superior clothing and bedding, using kandana to build monasteries, adorned with gardens and groves, gifts of this kind and others, all of them fine in sundry ways, throughout this number of kalpas, diverting them with good deeds to the Buddha path, if again he should hold to the prohibitions purely without omission or neglect, seeking the unexcelled path, the one praised by the Buddhas, if again he should practice forbearance in the face of humiliation, dwelling on the soil of conciliation and gentleness, so that even if numerous evildoers should come and inflict themselves upon him, his thought would not be shaken, and if those who possess dharma should cherish overweening pride, even then the insult and torment he should receive at their hands, as well as all things of that sort, he could bear with equanimity, if again he could strive to persevere with vigor, ever hard and firm of will and presence of mind, throughout incalculable millions of kalpas, single-minded and not slackening, also throughout numberless kalpas, dwelling in an empty idle space, and either sitting or walking, ridding himself of drowsiness and ever collecting his thoughts, if then, thanks to these causes and conditions, he should be able to produce dhyana concentrations, for 80 million of myriads of kalpas dwelling secure, his thought undisturbed, holding to this single-minded happiness, meditating to find the unexcelled path, may I, may I obtain omniscience, omniscience not being an egotistic term, but used here to mean this all-knowing buddhaness, exhausting the limits of dhyana concentration. If this person, throughout a hundred thousand myriads of millions of kalpas, yea, throughout kalpas in that number, should put into practice these merits just preached, 
And if there should be good men and women who hearing me teach about my lifespan should believe for but a single moment, the happiness of these would exceed even that. If a person should have absolutely no doubt or second thoughts, whatever, believing with profound thought for a single instant, such should be his happiness. Whatever bodhisattvas there are, who having trodden the path for incalculable kalpas, hear me teach about my lifespan, shall be able thereby to accept it with resolve, persons such as these shall receive this scriptural canon on the crown of their heads, meditating, may I in time to come, throughout a long life, convey living beings to liberation. Just as this day, the world-honored one, king among the Shakyas, on the platform of the path, with his lion's roar, teach Dharma fearlessly, may we in time to come, objects of venerations on the part of all, when seated on the platform of the path, preach our lifespan also in the same way. If there are persons of profound thought, pure, substantial, and straightforward, having heard much and able to hold all, who understand the Buddha's word in accord with its meaning, then persons such as these concerning this shall have no doubts. Whew. Mm, that hit me personally for so many biz reasons. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it calls to mind that we are moment-to-moment -moment instantiations, yes? But to Nichiren's point about Ichin and Sanzen, 3,000 realms in a single thought moment, there is also the perception, the per the, and Nichiren talks about this. And I don't, I don't know other words to use except what I've already written in, uh, in Buddhism Reference, Volume 2, and in, in the first volume. But in Volume 2, I really nail a lot of these new terminologies that we're running here ancient terminologies, but they're used here. About this predisposition, this precondition, as you can talk about the Big Bang, you can talk about the plasma, you can talk about the formations of the cosmos. Within those formations, you and I existed. But we didn't exist in human form. We existed as energy, Potential that would amalgamate with other potentials and others again. And ultimately, in the last act of amalgamation, with the karmic amalgam of parents, right? Sperm and egg and the karma that those carry. I mean, think about the amalgam of karma of a, a lifetime that, a, that extends to the beginning of time itself. Each one of us, 
in that way, we are momentary instantiations of all of that potential manifesting moment to moment. That's what Ichin and Sanzen's about. Not just the contemporary moment to moment, 3,000 realms influencing us, but what's being influenced? That Ichin and Sanzen. That's so massive, it's hard to hold in mind, isn't it? Hmm. All right. Further, O Ajita and Shakyamuni continues, and we will continue with this in the next installment. Mm, lots to consider in this. And you can see why for Zi Zanan, Bodhisattvas of the Lotus Sutra method, all the way up to Nichiren, consider this first half of this 17th chapter to be part and parcel of the core of what the Lotus Sutra is about. <sighs> Big stuff. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please take a moment to like and subscribe um, just for the the bodhisattva-ness of it, the fact that it reaches out to me. I got a lengthy email early this morning of somebody who had this channel recommended to them from uh, YouTube. That happens because you like and subscribe. And he gave me a really uh, detailed uh, statements on his confusion as to what any of this means. Um, and I understand, it takes quite a bit of study to really get these concepts in order and ultimately what they mean, what value do they have? And, and uh, so many get stuck on the idea that Buddhism is about seeing everything that is real as unreal. But that's not the goal of Buddhism. Buddhism is struggling with this conveyance of language, which is based in samsara, to talk about something that is not samsara. It's very difficult. And to lead people to that realization, what choice do we have when using language? So his question, somewhat disjointed, was very valid on many fronts. He was trying to say many things and I got it. And I thought, well, I'm not sure how to answer this, but <laughs> language is all I've got as well. And I tried. And you can see my response. It's online. Uh, I took the opportunity to kind of address this confusion. And I don't know. Did I succeed? I hope I, hope I got a bit of a, a wedge in the gate of Gohanzan in there. Um, because this was not a stupid person. This person asked very valid things. But even hearing him ask, or her, not sure, uh, it was obvious that the questions were well considered. So uh, anyway, I tried. I hope that these videos for you, as you study, uh, open some insights for you. Uh, and if they sound ridiculous for you, let me know, because 
that's the sign that either I'm not communicating well or your curiosity wants to get beyond that confusion. And I want to honor that. That's that impetus, that aspiration for greater knowledge is a huge step in life, in anything. So uh, I'm all about removing obstacles, just as Nietzsche was, just as Tendai was, just as every great. I'm not, I'm not including myself in that bunch. I'm just saying that I'm doing what Nietzsche asked us to do, emulate him to the best of our ability, right? That is, after all, what Siddhartha Gautama set out to do. So we're all emulate, emulating that. Hmm? Again, thank you. Take care of your health. Please do that. Um, at least to the point where you understand this teaching, to the point where you can help me understand it. Ha-ha. <laughs> Take care of your health. Please do. And uh, share it with your loved ones and those that you care for. In the meantime, I'm going to do more studying, and I'll see you in the next video, okay? Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.